We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. Hello, this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark coming to you from Ascension Lutheran Church, where I serve as pastor here in South St. Louis. And, and this you're with is, me. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, yeah, this is, and, and my wife has said that I've been sounding kind of droopy, so I'm going to try to be have a lot of energy and excitement. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski coming to you from Northfield, Minnesota. <laughs> that, did that sound a little peppier? Yeah, that that was peppy. That that yeah, far from droopy, John. Far well, from droopy. You know, part of the peppiness is because this is our special bonus bucks summer. Uh, I can't remember what we did. We say triple or double for the bonus well, bucks? I, I, at least double. At least okay. I thought it was almost tenfold. I mean, we well, were <laughs> we were pretty generous, John. Uh, well, that's the thing. So if you're listening to McCaffrey, don't forget uh, this month in the month of July you'll get. Well, we'll say that you can get ten times the normal bonus bucks that you'll get. Although, Matt. When I proposed this promotion last week, you, you, you asked, what, what are people supposed to do with the bonus bucks? <laughs> that yes. was not your question. I hadn't thought that through. So, but you know, you're really the, the, the uh, kind of the organizer here. So I, do you have any ideas what people can do with their bonus bucks? Well, it came to me as we were talking pre-show, oh. John. So okay. I was thinking, you know, it's the summer months. What, what could be a summer theme thing? You know, oh. it could be fun, fun, you know, fun for the family because, you know, Wrestling of the Basics is a, a family show, right? Uh, so That's I was thinking right. tickets to Concordia Seminary's Carillon concerts. <laughs> and, you know, and let's not, we'll up it, John. How about premium tickets to the Carillon concerts? <laughs> What do you think? Now, I realize that kind of limits it to people that live in the St. Louis area. Or, you know, it's, it's, it's realistic to drive into town for that. But, um, yeah, that, that's, that's my thought. Well, well you know, I, I, I like it. I really like it from the standpoint that there are no tickets and it's free. <laughs> so, so, essentially, people just show up. <laughs> right? So, yeah, Caroline Concert, point? if you don't know, that's... Uh, there's a bell tower at, at the seminary here in St. Louis, and I think what it's over four, it's like 47 bells or something like that, John. There's a lot of bells. Um, <laughs> that's so that's it's, a lot of bells. That's, that's more a bells, lot than of bells. in my house. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, so someone actually, it's an instrument. You play this instrument in the bell tower with all these bells, and I mean it can be heard for about what about a quarter mile radius probably around the seminary campus. So yeah, people pretty much just bring lawn chairs and set them up and listen. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's really not ticket collecting involved, <laughs> but but you can tell them that you have bonus bucks. From, well, if maybe we at least arrange for a tour of of Luther Tower, maybe climb up oh, into the Carillon. Maybe yeah. we can work with the seminary. We'll that's, see. Because yeah. that's we've done. Have you done that? You've done that. Haven't I've you? done that. Yeah, I've got the when button I, to prove it. I have climbed yeah. Luther Tower. They give you. A I, I do even. too. We used to take our confirmation classes over for that. Well, so we'll 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 work on this whole. You know, the only thing is. I, I know our listeners, they, they wouldn't want anything so cheap as crass as actually prizes, <laughs> right? <laughs> they wouldn't anything as, as, you know, crass materialism. 
We wouldn't want to cheapen the whole bonus buck thing by actually giving people gifts. <laughs> you know, free stuff, sure. Yeah, but no, it's something. No. Yeah, something intangible, right, John? <laughs> well, I'm thinking it. It you know, it, it, it could be like a competition, like who has the most bonus bucks. I think of pride. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to have a, some kind of material reward for it. <laughs> Bragging rights is that what we're going? There we go. Absolutely, man. Bragging rights. Oh, and by the way, there is one other thing I better make clear right now. Uh, there's no way we can keep track of this. <laughs> poor, old, poor old Ian, you know, our producer right now, is, is busy enough trying to, to keep track of how many times we say Taco Tuesday. So so, <laughs> so people just take, you know, you can keep track of it. We trust you. Just get a notepad or whatever and write down how, how, how many times you've listened to Wrestling with the Basics and then multiply by 10. Okay? <laughs> and you can listen more than once. You can listen many <laughs> times, right? Yeah, Click it on the podcast. Just like voting in Chicago. Do it. Do it often. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, we need, we got stuff we didn't get finished. And we're not going to get finished again with all of this goofiness. Um, we were talking about the sending out of the 12. And then we, we were talking last week about the compassion. That's what I love about that story because it starts with Jesus having compassion on the crowd. It's Yes. Uh, and, and that's the sending out of the 12. It is an act of compassion, right? He said, that's the problem. We need to send laborers into the harvest field. Pray earnestly that the, the, the master will send. And then he turns around and he does it. He sends these laborers in the harvest field. The problem is, Matt, as a, as a laborer, because you are, you are one of those people that Jesus has sent out, do you find any really practical advice, though, in that chapter uh, 10 of Matthew where it describes all the directions he gives his disciples. Well, yeah, when you look at it, I mean, on the surface, you, you kind of say, well, well, maybe not, right? Um, <laughs> what does he say? Verse 9, you know, no gold or silver, a copper for your belts, no bag for your journey, uh, nor two tunics, nor sandals or a staff. Um, you know, I, I'm not, I don't own any tunics, John. <laughs> I don't, I don't use a staff on a daily basis. Um, do, do you have sandals though, Matt? Do you I have, do have sandals? Some sandals? I've got okay. some flip-flops. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> well, I don't know. Does that even qualify? I've got a <laughs> flip-flop as a sandal. I okay. think I've got a couple pairs. So leave one of those pairs at home, I guess. Um, yeah. So, so on the surface it is, it's kind of like, well, wait a second here. You know, what, what does that have to do with, with me now in the, the 21st century as a parish pastor? And, and how many sick have you healed? How many dead have you raised? How many lepers have you cleansed? And how many demons have you cast out? Yeah, not as many as Jesus. We'll just put it that way, John. <laughs> so you're kind of falling behind, if you ask me, Matt. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. Um, yeah, so that's something we want to talk about today. Because actually, uh, I, I, I've, I've discovered three really practical things. And Matt, you may be able to throw in some more, too, as we talk about this. Uh, but yeah, I do think there are some really, really profound things of Jesus' compassion for us that can be uh, discovered in this sending out of the 12. Uh, the first thing I think is interesting, of course, we've got a list of all the names. And as you look over those names there in verses 2, well, let's just read the names. You want to read the names real quick, Matt? Yeah, you bet. Uh, uh, the names of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus. Simon, the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. So tell me about everything you know about Thaddeus, Matt. 
because that's you know it's a big amount. <laughs> it won't take long. <laughs> so yeah, some of these disciples we know more about than others, right, John? And you know we've got the kind of the big name ones. I think it's interesting. He says first Simon, who was called Peter. Oh, I think that's okay. kind of interesting. I you know I don't know how much we want to read into that, but certainly I could tell you more about Peter than I could about Thaddeus. Um, but Peter and then Andrew, his brother and James. Uh, and John, you know, these are the guys that, that we hear about the most, probably. And, uh, and so of course, some of these guys we know more about than others, most definitely. And, and you know what I realized is, is the reason we know more about these people. Uh, well, do you know why it is we know more about these people? But why do we know about, why does the names Matthew and Peter and John, why do those strike us as familiar? We are th- who's Thaddeus? Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, they just simply, for one, they just simply come up more in the Gospels. Yep. I mean, Jesus is, is always gathering together Peter, James, and John, and um, Matthew, the tax collector, certainly the, one of the Gospel writers and, and writer of this Gospel. And I think it's kind of neat. He doesn't hide the fact that he's a tax collector or was a tax collector. Um, you know, but I think, you know, we also hear about them more because they're the ones that perhaps are, are messing up too more often than oh, others, perhaps. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, because we do hear about them more, but we're not, a, we don't always hear about them in a positive light. Um, just because they're mentioned more doesn't mean that they're mentioned uh, in a better light or they're <laughs> more holy necessarily, right? Um, but yet, yeah, yeah, they're, some of them wrote scripture themselves and God worked through them to do that. And, you know, some of them uh, are just simply mentioned more. So, so uh, man, so now I've got uh, yet a fourth reason. To, uh, the fourth important thing we can learn from this. So if your question is, what does it take to be a disciple? And, and, and maybe Satan is kind of talking in here and saying, well, you know, you, you're not really a disciple. You, you, you have sinful thoughts and, well, you actually get angry at people and, and starts listing all these reasons why we wouldn't be qualified to be a disciple. Uh, you're absolutely right. Maybe that's the point of listing uh, even Judas Iscariot. And as you said, Matthew, the tax collector, uh, maybe it is the Bible's way of reminding us, well, nobody gets to be a disciple because they deserve it. It is not a position you work for or earn. It is it is the result, again, of, of the compassion of Jesus that he He calls these men to be his disciples. So I yeah. think, yeah, I think that's, that's a very important point that's made here. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's something that, I, that came into my mind too, John, is just, you know, especially people that maybe are contemplating perhaps being workers in the harvest field, maybe mm-hmm. thinking about going into church work, um, the pastoral ministry or the teaching ministry, or whatever the case might be, you know, sometimes, um, you know, am I worthy enough? You know, am I good enough to do that? Am I perfect enough right, to be a pastor? Um, and I think um, we see in their examples that, boy, you know, the disciples were far, far from perfect. They were repentant of their sin, Right. Uh, the Lord restored them. They're forgiven. Uh, but he didn't call just perfect people for service. He called sinners. Um, you know, here at Ascension, uh, they have a perfect rack track record of, of calling sinners to be their pastor. Um, <laughs> when they called me, uh, they stayed consistent, another sinner as their pastor. Um, you know, having said that, I think, you know, Paul's also clear. There's certain qualities that a pastor should have, right? And, you know, that, that, that you know, someone who is, uh, seeks the office of a pastor. Yeah, there's certain qualities they should have, and there's certain, certainly some sins that would certainly, boy, be a barrier to people hearing the gospel through you. Uh, but I think, you know, from this list, we I think one thing we learn is, boy, um, Jesus calls imperfect people to follow him uh, and to, to preach his word. 
So, so now, now you've actually kind of alluded to a, a couple of other important things in this uh, uh, listing of, of men. Uh, and you had talked about the fact that, that some of these men are the ones that wrote Scripture. And I think that's the other thing that we're reminded of here, uh, that Jesus, who had compassion on the crowds in his day, uh, has compassion on people today. But, but the problem is he, he's not here, right? He's ascended into heaven. So, so how can we hear his words of compassion? How can we know of his works of compassion uh, unless somebody wrote it down? And so that was one of the reasons he pointed at least some of these 12 men so they could do that, so they could put it down in, in Holy Scripture. Um, in fact, it's interesting, Matt. Could you read, oh, where, what verse is it? Uh, oh, yeah, the verse you just read, verse 2, just the first part of the verse 2. Sure. The names of the twelve apostles ah, are thank these. You. Thank you. Yeah, uh, because you know it begins with he called him his twelve disciples, and and now, however, they have a new title. They're not just disciples, uh, which would apply to all of us, right? Because that was the commandment: make disciples of all nations. So not necessarily make pastors, make apostles, but we all are counted in in the group then as disciples. But what's special about the word apostle there, Matt? So, By the yeah. way, just just for those who are trivia. Uh, so the next time you have your, your Bible trivia contest, this is the only time that Matthew uses the word apostle. It's used elsewhere in Scripture, but for Matthew, this is the key, the key passage. Yeah, so, so disciple first, you know, means like learner or follower. Yeah. Um, right. But apostle, student. apostle, student. So but apostle, to answer your question, means sent one, one who's sent. Yeah, and it's actually a very uh, important legal term, uh, in the Greek language, uh, it would be a, the equivalent of our power of attorney, I suppose. An apostle is someone who you have actually given your authority to, and they can act it in, in your name and, and use your money and use your your uh, power. Uh, Lynn is, a, ha, is kind of an apostle for her uh, father who passed away. He, he named her her personal representative. Uh, and, and by the way, that that's a real thing. Uh, they've been trying to get some things settled and her brother's going to inherit the uh, uh, trailer her dad had down in Florida. And he wants to get things set up with insurance and, and lot payments and stuff. And what's funny is nobody will talk to him. No. <laughs> they, they said, well, the, the, I'm sorry, the will's not probated yet. You have no authority. But when Lynn says, hey, I'm, here's the document. I was appointed the personal representative in the will. Oh, oh yes, yes, ma'am. What can we do for you? How can we help you? Uh, and I thought that was a good illustration of what an apostle is, because it's not like Lynn is free to do whatever she wants to do. Uh, she is bound by the, the things that her dad put in the will, but she is the one now who acts for her dad, even though he... And so I thought, well, yeah, that's exactly what these apostles are doing. They're going to be acting for Jesus Christ. So, so I think that's one thing we can learn from this, is that we have a holy scripture, and, and it's not just a, a, something written by a bunch of guys but it's actually written by people who Jesus made his apostles. They've got the authority and the power to do so. Um, here, here's the other thing that you kind of touched on. Uh, you, you, uh, you are one of those that have been sent out to Lawrenceville. I was, and, and I guess I still am doing uh, some preaching and, and doing wrestling with basics and stuff like that. But I, th I think that's the other thing. It, this, this whole story establishes a pattern that throughout history, Jesus is going to send men out into the harvest field. So do you feel yourself that you are one of these men then, Matt? 
Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, the, the beautiful thing is, <clears throat> you know, Jesus does compassion on people today, the lost. Um, that hasn't changed. And the ways in which he, you know, the, the admonition to pray for workers for the harvest, uh, the need for workers in the harvest field, that hasn't changed either. Um, the harvest still is plentiful and the workers still are few. <laughs> um, that has not changed. Uh, people need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, and especially the lost need to be reached with that good news of a Savior for them. So yeah, yeah, we are certainly workers in the harvest field. And I think, you know, we can think of that in a broad sense, John. You know, I think all of our listeners in one sense are, right? Um, lay people too. Anyone who shares the gospel with others, they're workers in the harvest field. But yet I think, yeah, when there's some who have that that calling uh, through the church to to be you know, pastors in particular and, and have a special role then in the harvest field uh, as workers in the harvest. So yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I would see myself as a, a harvester. So, so I like that. I, I like that because, yeah, these are disciples. Everyone who believes in Jesus Christ is a disciple. So all of us can serve uh, bringing that gospel message, uh, God's love you in bet. Jesus Christ. But, but are you an apostle then, Matt? Could we call you an apostle? Why or why well, not? <laughs> oh, good question, John. So, I mean, I guess, you know, I would answer that question like in a narrow sense, in a broad sense. I mean, in a narrow sense, you got these guys listed specifically in Scripture who are most certainly apostles, right? I'm not, right. my name is not in Matthew chapter 10. Um, <laughs> Actually, it is. <laughs> no, but, yes, I was just going to say, there's a Matthew there, but it, it ain't this guy. Not, not you. No, okay. <laughs> um, but in a broad sense, well, yeah, you bet. Um, yeah, an, an apostle for sure. Yes, sent one that we are sent. Um, and one place where I know I'm sent is to Ascension Lutheran Church in South St. Louis because I've been called here. So I can say, yeah, I am apostle to Ascension. I have been sent there. And I think that's one of the comforts of, of serving as a pastor is when you have that call, you know, yeah, this is the place where God has sent me. This is, this is where he wants me. Um, so, so yeah, sent to those particular places. And, and again, sent out to yeah, the communities around those places, uh, so that those two, the lost, uh, might might know the gospel. Because when you think about it, I mean, that's that's who Jesus is sending these guys out to. He's sending them to people that, not people that already know about him as Savior, but but people who haven't heard yet. And that's where those apostles are being sent. And and I, I understand, you know, when, when that question is raised, because I'm also, I was a pastor uh, for my vocation. Uh, yeah, we do want to make that distinction. We, we When we speak, it's not like, that is in the inspired word of God. Okay, uh, so we are not apostles in that sense. Uh, there's a very clear uh, um, job description for those apostles, those who speak the inspired word. Uh, they have to be eyewitnesses of Jesus' resurrection. Uh, they they have to be personally taught by Jesus. Yep. Uh, you know, when Acts or when they're trying to replace Judas, those are the things that are brought up, and and no one can fit those qualifications. But but I like your your sense again. We are still sent ones. Mm -hmm. uh, we have been put in a place to serve, uh, to preach the Word of God. And, and it is interesting, Matt, when you get up and you tell people their sins are forgiven, they should believe that that is coming from Jesus Christ, that he, he sent you there to, to speak that word of forgiveness. And when you say this is the body and this is the blood, again, uh, they should look, oh, wow, this is something that we should make note of because, again, this is the guy Jesus sent to us to, to proclaim those words to us. 
And, and certainly in a sermon, we don't expect people to believe every, our, our, what we say at Wrestling with the Basics. We don't people expect to believe everything we say here. Uh, but rather like the Bereans, we encourage everyone to hear the word uh, with eagerness and then go check it out in the scriptures. Uh, but wherever a pastor speaks according to that word, yeah, people should honor and should respect that. And, say, and they should believe it. That's what they really should do is believe it, shouldn't they, Matt? Yeah, most definitely. So I just have one more point, and we'll wrap up this episode about about the apostles, about the disciples, about the holy ministry, uh, which goes on in the church even today. I think it's also really significant that he mentions all the specific names of these men, um, because he wouldn't have had to. You know, he could have said, "Yeah, Jesus sent out a bunch of of uh, apostles," but but the mentioning of the names that just touches my heart. Because it's a reminder that this compassion that Jesus has, uh, you can have compassion for a crowd, Matt, but I think compassion is at its best when it's for a particular person and a particular individual. Um, and that's what he wants us to know. These men, he loved these men. He had compassion on these men. He is going to use these men to spread his compassion to all those around him. Um, and as you already pointed out, we are the disciples too. And we are the ones to show the compassion as God loved us, so we love others. And I just wanted to throw in these last two Bible verses uh, from John 10. The sheep hear my voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Uh, so I think that the individual names are really important to remember that Jesus knows us by name. He has compassion on us as individuals. And then, of course, I really love Philippians 4, 3, where it reminds us that all of us, our names are in the book of life. So it, it's a great thing to be named an apostle, but an even better thing to be named uh, in the book of life. So Matt, uh, we got a couple minutes here. Anything you want to say to kind of wrap up with what we've been talking about? Yeah, I, I would just add to, to the amazingness of that, John. I think it's nothing we just want to gloss over that Jesus knows their names. And here, here he is, the Son of God himself, God in the flesh, and yet he still knows the names of his upset ones, those apostles, and even knows the names of the people that they're being sent to, right? Uh, he's the one who created them, after all. Uh, and he knows our name today, too. And, and if we never doubt that, um, especially as Christian people, look your baptism. I, I love how you know the name of that person is spoken in baptism, and then God's triune name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, place on them as well. You know, what a comfort. Uh, we, we become a sheep of the Good Shepherd, and he knows our name. Uh, he knows our name now and, and for, for eternity. Um, he calls us by name. Uh, that's, that's a beautiful promise. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's tremendous. What a, what a loving God that we have. Almighty, all-powerful, yet he knows us each by name. That's just incredible. And, 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 and thank you, Matt, for bringing up baptism, because that kind of brings it all together. I hope people understand that the church exists for one purpose, uh, and that is as though that the people out there, the sheep without a shepherd out there, which includes our own members, because we often feel harassed and, and beaten down, but it certainly does include everybody around our churches, to the community around it. Uh, and, and God help us to let the community around us understand that that's why we exist as a church, because there is this Jesus who has compassion on people, especially the people that are struggling and having trials. And, and, and he wants people to know that. But how can that be known? 
except that he, he sends out people to speak his word. And, and there it all is, isn't it? What, what do we do in church? We, 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 we announce the fact that people's sins are forgiven. We, we have the Lord's Supper, which again is about uh, the body and blood given and shed for us for the forgiveness of sins. And, and, and then what you just mentioned there, we, we have the baptism where it becomes a real personal thing, is that God, God may love the world, but the great thing about baptism is that in baptism you know that he loves you, yes. as you said. We are the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that has now been combined with our personal individual name. Uh, when Matt was baptized and when John was baptized, and, and if anyone out there hasn't been baptized, go, go find yourself a pastor and get that done so that you might know that you are the one that he has compassion on. This has been Wrestling with the Man.